chance to have how many people are here 300 people pray for you let's try this one at a time come on up because it's so beautiful it's so beautiful thank you people have been asking how they can get the CDs or hear the talks again or order books on Kindle or things like that so just remember this website for the future and I do a radio show with a friend of mine, Kendra, and that's on YouTube, and we upload it every week. So all of that, you can find everything. You can find ways to receive prayer. Um, everything that Queen of Peace Media offers, the organization I started, is at www.queenofpeacemedia.com. Lots of free videos that you can share through the web, a way to evangelize. I'm always uploading things to that YouTube channel. Once again, everything is found at www.queenofpeacemedia.com. So you and I can keep in touch that way. Also, so many of you have signed up for the newsletter. I noticed that's wonderful, and I promised you that when the www.countdowntothekingdom.com website is up that helps all of us navigate the times ahead in grace and peace and love. That will also be made available to you and you'll know when it's up. So this evening's, no, this is not an evening. <laughs> this morning's talk, see, I, I haven't woken up yet, so. This morning's talk is called Mother Mary's Great Love for Us and Her Words to Us from Heaven. And I'd like to begin with a prayer to our mother. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Mary, we know by faith that when we call upon you by name, you come to us. We ask you now to be fully present in this room to be fully present to each person here. I ask that you come very close to them and pray for them. And that you come close to and pray for every person who's watching this on video. And that you ask God to take care of each and every one of their needs. Mary, please help everyone to pass gracefully through any difficulties or trials they may be experiencing, so that they may know the grace of living in God's will at all times, as you did, Mary, 
throughout your entire life on earth. Amen. So since this talk is about Mary, I did my best to search for a joke with Mary in it, and that is not easy to find. But I did find one. So you all know of the scripture passage of the woman caught in adultery, right? So I went to theology school and learned of a different version of the Gospel of John chapter 8, and the woman was caught in the very act of adultery, and she was being dragged through the streets and men began to pick up stones to throw at her. And Jesus, he said, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to cast a stone at her. And then he bent down in the ground and he started to draw in the dirt. And then this little pebble came rising through the air and bonked him on the head. And he was really annoyed. He got up and looked around and said, Mom, cut that out. <laughs> so that's a Catholic litmus test, huh? So I want to share with you how active and powerful Mother Mary is in our world today and in each of our lives. And, you know, what I want to drive home is that she's not just the Blessed Mother. She's your mom, and she's my mom. Amen? Amen? And it might help to think of her when we pray to her as mommy, because that's who she really is to us, and that's who we always are as a child in her arms. And we all need a mom. We all need a mommy, whether we're a little kid or a grandfather. We all need a mom if we're going to get through this life feeling held and nurtured and loved. And if we're really honest about it, we just don't want any mom, do we? We want and we demand in our little childish hearts a perfect mom, right? She's got to be there for us whenever we need her, right? No delays. She has to take care of all of our needs. She has to know us intimately. She has to bring about the good in us. She can't be too clingy. She can't be too aloof. She has to be all wise. She has to have profound wisdom, but she can't mess with us when we don't want to be messed with us. She's got she's to leave us alone. She has to love us just as we are. She has to be trustworthy, and she has to be patient, and she has to be understanding, and she has to know us really well and take care of all of our needs. And God knew that about us. And he wants to satisfy that. So he sent us Mother Mary, a mom who understands us better than we will ever understand ourselves, who loves us more than any mother has ever loved her child. When Jesus was on that cross looking down and he said to St. John, Son, behold your mother. And mother, behold your son. He wasn't just transacting family business. 
He was giving the Blessed Mother to us and us to her. So if you have a mom who you feel like doesn't really understand you, will you have a mother in heaven who understands you better than you will ever understand yourself? If you feel or you know that your mother's heart is or was very cold, will you have a mother whose heart is warm and immaculate? If you have a mother who's died or whoever abandoned you, who wasn't really there for you, will you have a mom in heaven who will never, ever leave you, who will never abandon you, ever? You know, from church tradition, that Mary has an immaculate heart. When she was only about 14 and was impregnated by the Holy Spirit with Jesus, she knew in her culture, in her time, that if it was exposed that she was pregnant, she would be stoned to death. She knew that when the angel Gabriel came to her and gave her the news. And what did she do? Be it done unto me according to thy word. I am the handmaiden of the Lord. How many of us at age 14 loved God so much, knew our identity so well, that we'd be, we'd be willing to say, yes, stone me to death. I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it done unto me. That was Mary's heart. She loved her son, and she would sacrifice for him more than any apostle, more than any saint who ever lived. When Jesus was on that cross, hanging and suffering, she would have gladly climbed up there to substitute for him without a second thought. She loved her son, and she was willing to suffer more than St. Peter, whom tradition has it was crucified upside down. More than St. Paul, the greatest evangelizer who ever lived. More than St. Mother Teresa. More than St. John of the Cross. She loved her son. And if you remember nothing else from this talk today, please carry this home in your heart. With that same love, that she loves her precious son. She loves you. She loves you. I wouldn't even be alive myself if it weren't for her love and her prayers. When I was growing up, I was told there was no God. And for me, that left a huge God-shaped hole in my heart. Because as you know, if we don't fill it with God, it's going to be filled with something else. And so for me, it was filled with ballet. I loved ballet. I practiced it diligently for years. And I ended up dancing professionally with the San Francisco Ballet Company. And that was the only God I ever knew. 
but I ended up with foot injuries very young, and I had three foot operations, and that took away my career and the only God I ever knew. And I grew depressed, and I lost hope, and in my sadness, I turned to intimate relationships for comfort. And I fell deeper and deeper and deeper into very serious sin. And I felt temporarily filled with some kind of life when I was in a relationship. But when that relationship inevitably failed, I was left with a larger, emptier, more lonely hole inside my heart. And I was always looking outside myself for someone or something to bring me peace, to make me feel loved. But it would never last because sin takes away our peace. Sin takes away the felt knowledge of being loved. I didn't think once not once did it even cross my mind to change my behavior. And one summer, I ended up very, very sick. It turns out I had cervical cancer and very little time left to live. My hair was falling out. I was bleeding internally. I couldn't keep food down. But worse than being so very sick inside my body, I was sick inside my soul. At times, I would just cry out in this guttural despair. And when the tears started to flow, they wouldn't stop. And the tears were not tears of healing. I was looking into New Age spirituality for answers because I wanted nothing to do with Jesus or Mary. They were following a fairy tale. I remember looking at the Madonna and child, a picture, and I wanted it taken down. The images of Jesus and Mary disturbed me. I remember reading a self-help book that I really liked. My friend's mother wrote it, but I had the audacity to go up to my friend and say, you know, this is a good book, a good self-help book. But there's one name in here that's very offensive, and she really should think about taking it out. It was the name Jesus. The darkness, I was so demonized by the New Age movement and sexual sin that they did not like, those demons inside of me did not like the names or the images of Jesus and Mary. But Jesus decided to save me, a sinner. And I don't know why he chose me. And I don't have words to express my gratitude. But I'm not supposed to be here on earth. I was in a friend's room one day when I was so sick. And my friend was Catholic and started to pray for me. I didn't know he was Catholic. If I had known, I would have simply made fun of him and persecuted him. He was praying for me. I didn't know what prayer was. That meant nothing to me. But he was praying for me. And I felt this beautiful peace, expansive joy. And I heard this loud pop inside of my body. 
And I said to my friend, what just happened to me? What was that expansive piece? What's going on? And he said, Christine, I was in prayer just now. And Mother Mary came. She looked down on you from heaven. She took pity on you. And she asked her son to save you. It turns out the cancer was gone. I was giving my life and my soul back in one second. Shortly after that, I was in my friend's room by myself, and I heard this beautiful lilting music, and I wondered where it was coming from. It was like classical music, but different. And I couldn't figure it out. And I walked over to the door, to the hallway, and peered open, and no, the music wasn't coming from down there. I opened the windows, and I thought, no, not coming from outside. And this is ancient years ago in the days of clock radios. I thought maybe a clock radio fell under the bed, and no. I got confused, and I sat down, and I thought, oh my, this beautiful music is coming from inside of me. And heaven is rejoicing because just one sinner was saved. And heaven was letting me in on their celebration of my salvation so I could join it. And I now know where mortal sin leads. And I never want to go there again. Ever. My life isn't mine. It's God's life. And it was God's life all along. And being a Catholic Christian, it means everything to me. It means the difference between life and death. You know, I, I think about the love of Jesus and Mary, and I had always hated them. I had hated Jesus and Mary, but all they ever did was love me in return. I wanted to find out more about this woman. Who is my mom in heaven? I didn't know her. But one word from her mouth to God's ear, and I was healed and saved. Who is she? Why, why has she been given so much power by God? I learned that she was appearing in different places on earth around the years, and I, I was curious. I wanted to find out more. And when I found out that she was actually appearing in my lifetime, I was so curious. So I found out that she was appearing in Medjugorje, in this small town in Bosnia-Herzegovina, across the world from me. And I started to research this. And I found out that she'd been appearing to six visionaries, starting in when they were very young, teenagers and, and younger, and that this was still going on and that she was saying, I want to give messages to you like never before on earth, and that she said, this is my last time 
that I will ever appear on earth and you will know why. So I was intrigued and I never thought I'd go there. And I, I learned recently that there's been a commission that was set up under the auspices of Cardinal Ruini to investigate. And the report has said that almost unanimously they've declared that the first seven apparitions were authentic and they're researching the others. And Pope Francis sent his apostolic visitor, Archbishop Henrik Hoser, to Medjugorje. And he fully supports it. They're expanding the shrine there. And he actually said in a press conference, my dear friends, you should be the carriers of the joyful news. Say to the whole world that in Medjugorje, we can find the light again. So needless to say, I was intrigued. And I never planned on going until shortly after, like sh right after I was married. I got a message from God, take your husband to Medjugorje. Now, I was in denial. Friends, isn't denial a wonderful thing when we don't want to see something? So I was in denial that right after my marriage, my husband and I were growing apart. I would want to pray the rosary at night, and he'd want to have a beer and watch sports. And so I got this message, take your husband to Medjugorje. And to kind of describe what our marriage was like at night, I'd, oh yes, I'll just tell this one time. So my husband, being generous of heart one day, said, you know, honey, today is your day. Today we're going to do whatever you want to do. I thought, oh, honey, that's so sweet. You know what I'd really like to do? I would love it if we picked our favorite passage from scripture and read it together and shared what we thought. <laughs> I'll never forget, he was sitting on the couch and he looked at me like someone had just died. And I kid you not, he was sitting there like this, and this is what his body did. <laughs> Slowly, almost imperceptibly, until his head hit the pillow, immediately he fell asleep and was snoring. <laughs> I kid you not. He realized that the only way he could get out of his promise was becoming unconscious. <laughs> so needless to say, when I said, you're called to go to Medjugorje, he said, uh-uh, you're telling me to go to Medjugorje. And I said, uh-uh. He is, and he said, you are. I said, he is, you are, he is, you are, he is. We argued all the way on the plane to Medjugorje. <laughs> so, do you all know much about American football? Okay, do you have it here? Probably not. Only Americans care about that. And it's, sorry America, but it's the dumbest sport. You just crash your head into people, get concussions and keep going. But that's what we do. So he thought of Mary as what's called a defensive linebacker blocking his touchdown to Jesus. She was just in the way. So in Medjugorje, he was not into it. All these lovely, you know, it's, it's always older women, right? 
praying the rosary on the bus peacefully, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with the rosary. And he is, is blessed, though, to be present at three. I mean, this is kind of unheard of in a week-long pilgrimage, but three apparitions of the Blessed Mother. And the first one was when she appeared to one of the visionaries on top of what's called Apparition Hill, where she first appeared to the children. And in this atmosphere of peace and love and, and, and prayer, he is terrified because she is going to mess up his relationship with Jesus. He had some Protestant formation, and she just wasn't safe. And so what he's doing is he's kneeling down, and it's a rocky hill, and he's grabbing his leg as if the leg is Jesus, like, save me from this woman. You know, and I don't know what he's doing. I just know he looks tense. And then he gets uncomfortable in this position just as the apparition begins. Everyone quiets down from saying the rosary aloud, and there's just quiet and peace. And he puts his hand down on a rock to steady himself. And he hears an interior voice say, don't let go. And then he, it's a woman's voice. And he feels his hands being moved back into this position. And in his heart, he hears the words, No, my son, this is how you hold my baby. Not in fear, but with tenderness and love. This is how you hold Jesus. So he pondered that in his heart. Another apparition came, and he was still terrified, but he was was opening up. His heart was opening up, and he heard erroneously that at 5 a.m. on top of what's called Cross Mountain in Medjugorje, where a lot of miracles occur, that Mary kneels at the foot of a cross erected there and prays to her son at 5 a.m. It turns out she prays to her son all the time, but he thought that this was true, and so at 3 a.m., suddenly he's up. I'm not. (laughs) And so I see him, it's the dead of winter, and he's going like this. And I said, honey, is there some reason you're sticking your cross up your nose? (laughs) And he said, this is so weird, my cross smells like roses. Are you wearing rose perfume? I said, you know I'm allergic to perfume, and no, there are no roses in our room. I'm like, Mary, what are you up to? What's going on? So as you may know, that when Mary's present, sometimes you smell roses where no roses are present, right? And another trip, I, this is an aside, I wasn't planning on saying this, but a friend of mine, this, this puppy in Medjugorje had just pooped next to her, and you know the smell, and she started to smell roses. <laughs> So I'm in the room, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I heard that Mary's going to pray at the foot of Jesus, uh, Jesus' cross up on the mountain, and I thought I'd climb up there and get up there by 5 a.m. And I thought, you are not telling me to do this with my husband. You are not. But I had offered all my prayers and all my sacrifices on that trip up for my husband's heart. So I got the sense that, yes, I want you to go. And I thought, oh, well, exercise brings out the quitter in me. I'm not a morning person, and I don't like the cold. 
So I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So I put on my down jacket, and we're off we go under the moonlight. It's a clear night, not a cloud in the sky. And we start climbing this mountain with these two other women. And they, of course, whip out their rosaries. Hail Mary, full of grace. And, and uh, he puts his hands defiantly in his pockets. He says, I'm going directly to Jesus. I'm not praying to Mary. I'm going directly to Jesus, directly to Jesus. And so I, I, I am really out of shape. Ever since my ballet days, it's been many, many years of out of shape. So I'm not exactly praying the rosary. I'm wheezing the rosary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women and women are Jesus, holy Mary. And he hears me and he's like, oh, she's pathetic. And so he grabs the rosary from me and he starts praying it on behalf of me because he sees I'm struggling. So he's praying the rosary, right? And then he gets this infusion of energy and he's bounding up the mountain like a gazelle. Boing, hail Mary. I'm like, what the heck? So boing, he's going boing, boing. I'm like, Ugh. So we get to the top and I kid you not, he kneels down in front of the cross right at 5 a.m. I'm 10 feet back and I have my eyes closed. And I see this flash of light. It turns out that right as he knelt, a huge bolt of light parted the sky and lit up the mountainside. Did you notice that? We only need God's light. It was this huge miracle. Can you imagine? A bolt, it's not lightning, there's no clouds in the sky, just poof. And he knew that it was for him, and he started to tear up. I said, did you see a light? What was that? And he couldn't speak. And he knew Mary was with him, and he pondered in his heart on the way back down from the mountain, oh, maybe there is a role for Mary. Maybe, maybe... I prayed for my wife when she couldn't pray, just like you pray for us when we don't or can't pray. Maybe you're always praying for us. And so she was teaching him her role. And he came back from that trip a different man. And for the last 19 years, every night, he's insisted that we, as a couple and then as a family, Pray the rosary every night. Thank you for the musical accompaniment. So the moral of the story is, ladies, you know how hard it is to change your man? If you want to change your man, give him to another woman. Are you glad that's on tape? <laughs> so I was actually called to go back to Medjugorje. I used to make fun of people that went there more than once. I thought, okay, you need to spend your money on the poor. What are you doing, cuckoo? Just, you know, flying over there. But I had frequent flyer miles, and then I ended up being one of those people. Be careful what you make fun of, by the way. Okay, this is a total aside. I have a friend. She got her tooth knocked out. 
Oh, no, I ruined it already. Do you hate it when you give the punchline? Let me start over. Okay, so she went out on a blind date with this guy. He was missing a front tooth. And she was so mortified, she couldn't even look at him. Every time he smiled, she's like... A few years later, boom, same tooth. She knew. She knew. I'm oh, sorry, God. I'm very sorry. So I went back to Medjugorje, and it was on that trip that I got called to write the book Full of Grace, Miraculous Stories of Healing and Conversion Through Mary's Intercession. Yes, I have it. So this one. So this contains my conversion story, my husband's conversion story. Uh, God put me in contact with the most incredible people, with the most incredible stories. A former stripper who now wants to be a nun. A, a man who was a crack addict. Another man who was considered paranoid schizophrenic on the streets totally drug addicted. The only time he went into church was to steal from the collection box. He would cut his wrists in the, um, in the streets. Homeless beggars were so disgusted by him that they wouldn't even go near him. He stabbed his own father. And now, because of Mary of Medjugorje, he's a happy, sane, kind, fun-loving family man. He's a wonderful man. Totally healed. Beautiful heart. So these stories in the Full of Grace book really give a, a lot of hope of how powerful and how wonderful our Mother Mary's prayers really are. And so when I went back to Medjugorje, I finally gained the ability to live her messages simply because of grace. And do you all know her five main messages of Medjugorje? Okay, the first one, prayer, especially the rosary, okay? The second one, receive the Eucharist frequently. The third one, go to confession each month. The fourth one, uh, you're Catholic. Do you know what a Bible is? Okay. The fourth one, read your Bible. The fifth one, fast on Wednesdays and Fridays on bread and water. Okay, let me, I'm going to quiz you. Oh, you weren't expecting that. What's the first one? Especially what kind of prayer? But all prayer is good, right? The second one. Receive the Eucharist frequently. And let me go back to prayer. It's prayer from the heart, right? It's a, it's a, it's a sincere conversation with the heart. It's not just ma 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 So the second one, receive the Eucharist, the Eucharist frequently. Third one. Go to confession monthly. Fourth one, read your Bible. Fifth one, fasting. Good, Wednesday and Friday on bread and water. So some of you, good Catholics, might look at this and go, okay, pray, especially the rosary, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Receive the Eucharistic, the Eucharist frequently, no problem. Okay, go to confession monthly. Yeah, I can incorporate that. Read the Bible, mm, why not crack it open? Um, fast on bread and water on Wednesdays and Fridays. Someone else can do that. <laughs> so, fasting is something that we Catholics have forgotten about, right? 
And Mary says this in one of her messages from Medjugorje. She says, you have forgotten that with prayer and fasting, you can ward off wars, suspend natural laws. Don't we need that? Don't we need that? And it's not just Mary, it's Jesus himself who's asking us to fast. There are three very much ignored words in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, he says, when you fast. And then goes on to say, do not fast like the hypocrites do. So he's speaking his to his disciples, and who are we? His disciples. He's speaking to them, assuming they already are fasting, and just telling them how to, not to do it. So he's not saying, hmm, if you by any chance might consider the possibility of fasting, that is if you really feel like it, but I don't really mean it. <laughs> no, it's like when you fast. And Mary of Medjugorje says that prayer without fasting is like a bird trying to fly with only one wing. You can only get so far in the spiritual life and then you hit a ceiling. Also, fasting casts out the demons that are plaguing the world and our communities and our families and our governments right now. It's the only thing that will release these demons, says Jesus. And the disciples, they come up to him when they couldn't cast out a demon. And they said to him, why couldn't we cast this out? And he said, this one can only come out through prayer and fasting. So fasting also makes things happen that otherwise might not. Eleven years ago, um, well, longer than that, 14 years ago, we were in what's called the foster adoption process, where we wanted to adopt a child and we were never chosen as parents and so we actually started to feel like the ones neglected and so we were going to give it up and then we thought no we haven't gotten a clear sign of from God to stop so we, we can't hung in there and um, I got a call and I got a call from a social worker that said you want a baby I said I think so and then I called my husband and um, well, I said, how much time do we have to decide? And she said, 10 minutes. So I called my husband. I said, you want a baby? And he said, I think so. He said, how much time do we have? I said, 10 minutes. He said, ask for 15. So long story short, we said, yes, we end up with this beautiful baby in our home. We're so excited. And my five-year-old at the time is throwing dangerous objects in the crib for joy. And then we get a call from the social worker. I'm so sorry. The birth mother has chosen a different agency. We're going to have to take the baby away from you, and there's nothing you can do. We were devastated. We were devastated. I remember... I couldn't barely speak. I could just cry. And my husband couldn't go to work t that day, so he crawled under the covers, put them over his head. And I saw him. I said, honey, we might be defeated, and we're told with bureaucracy that there's nothing we can do. But there is something we can do. We can pray, and we can fast. So I threw him a rosary, and his head came out, and his hand came out from the covers. He grabbed it and pulled it back in and just stayed under the covers praying the rosary 
For two and a half days straight, we fasted and we constantly prayed. And to make a long story short, Friday, the day the baby was supposed to be taken away, the birth mother and her mother were in our living room, happy to choose us as parents. So if you can't fast on bread and water, try something else. Because Mary says this, everyone but the sick must fast. Now I know what you're thinking. I hope I get sick. So it was really hard for me at first. I mean, in the, in the morning, I'd think, I'm going to fast today. And by the end of the day, I was fasting on coconut ice cream. <laughs> it wasn't working. But, you know, I, I eventually did it. I was doing the bread and water fast, but little did I know I had kind of a minor gluten allergy. So I was fasting on bread, water, and Excedrin Plus. And it wasn't working out. And 11 years ago, I was praying, I said, Lord, I can't continue this fast. What am I gonna do? I said, how would you like me to fast then? You know when you really don't wanna know the answer? And he said, give up what you love most. I knew what that was. And it's always about food, folks, because food, man does not live on bread alone. And when we fast on food, it goes to the core of our very existence and other things like wanting television or wanting shopping or being unforgiving or whatever it is that's blocking us, it's the food fast that removes the demons from us as well as those we're praying for, okay? You can't say, I'm just going to fast from watching television. That's not enough this Lent. You fast on food and make an intention to give up television, and then because of the food fast, you don't even want to watch television. You see, it changes the core, because man does not live on bread alone. He lives on the very words of God. We live on, that's, that's what keeps us alive, is every word from God. So we're living on the spirit, and then we don't want the things anymore that used to chain us, okay? So I said to God, I know that giving up what I love most is coffee and desserts. I just knew. So I asked him, for how long? <laughs> sure enough, he said the words, indefinitely. Okay. I knew what that meant. He was so sweet. He knew that I couldn't handle what he actually meant, but he knew that I knew that I knew that he knew that what he was really saying was, I don't want you to have a cup of coffee ever for the rest of your life, and I don't want you to have dessert forever for the rest of your life. So indefinitely was his way of couching that, so I wouldn't go into despair, but I went into depression. So the next day, I was leading a Rachel's Vineyard post-abortion healing retreat, and we had a meeting, and I was so grumpy. I felt like I'd lost my two best friends. Mr. Coffee and Mrs. Chocolate were gone, and I'd never see them again. You know, people around the world are starving. They, they only have rice and beans, but I can't survive without my dessert and coffee. You know, but for me, it was very painful. But I, I tell you, when I'm tempted, and, I, and some days... Everybody's head turns into a brownie. I'm not kidding. 
But when that happens, I just say, okay, at the end of my life, do I want to see all the garbage I ate, all the coffee I drank, all the desserts I consumed? Or do I want to be shown all the souls I helped Jesus save? And the answer is clear. And I can let it go. So if I, who loves those things so much, can continue to fast, I've, I've done it, except I cheated on some gummy bear vitamins, I'm telling you. But I, I, I really haven't had a cup of coffee, and, and I don't take in desserts since then for 11 years. No, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just as tempted as anybody else. But if I can do something, you can do something too. We all can be a, an incredibly powerful room here, casting out demons from not just Trinidad and not just our families and ourselves, but the whole world. So I'd like to close with a prayer. Mother Mary from Medjugorje said, if we're having trouble living Mary's messages, there's a reason for this. Mary tells us why we're having trouble. In 1986, she said, Dear children, today I invite you to offer me your hearts so that I can change them to be like my own. You ask yourselves why you are not able to satisfy my requests. You are not able to because you have not entrusted your hearts to me so that I can change them. You give me your words, but you do not act. So then, do all that I tell you. Only in that way can I be with you. Now I'd like to lead you in a guided prayer. Since Mary wants our hearts and yearns to help us, close your eyes. Mary herself will be with you. Know that she is truly here. She is not just an idea or a concept, but real and alive and focusing on you. Please take in a few deep breaths and get comfortable in your seats. Breathe in and out. In and out. Keep your eyes closed and relax your thoughts and your body. Let the world and all the people in it fade away. Now is a time for prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to be with you and help you to release any tension and open your heart. You are walking along a country road. Evening is falling. It is dusk. And the weather is warm. As you look ahead, you see a beautiful meadow of tall yellow grass and a small wooden home with a porch and an empty swing for two on it. As you walk along, you sense that the Holy Spirit is with you. Your heart feels peaceful 
and you are grateful to have this time just to be with nature and to be with God. As you watch the setting sun and see a golden color bathe the landscape, you suddenly notice a woman appear on the front porch of the house. She seems to be looking right at you as though she's been waiting for you. She is beautiful and is wearing a long blue cloak. As you get closer, you notice that she is smiling at you, extending her arms forward to welcome you. You walk toward her, sensing the warmth radiating from her heart. When you are close enough to see her face, you notice that her eyes are crystal clear and they contain a love and compassion that you've never seen on earth. Notice what she looks like. Notice what it's like to be in her presence. Blessed Mother, is it really you, you ask her? Yes, it's me, she says, with a voice that sounds like music. I'm so happy to have this time to spend with you. Thank you for praying this way and coming to see me. Notice how you respond to her. You may wish to say something to her now. Mary touches your arm gently and motions for you to sit with her on the porch swing, which overlooks the golden field of tall yellow grass brushed by a soft breeze. She sits down and you sit next to her. Then she takes part of her cloak and wraps it around you so that you're comfortable. You look at her and are amazed to see that in her eyes, you can sense that she knows everything about you, everything you have ever thought, everything you have ever done, and her eyes are full of love. Notice how this makes you feel. beloved child, she says to you. I have known you from the moment God created you in your mother's womb. I wrapped my arms around you when you were a baby. I was so proud of you when you took your first step. Whenever you were sad as a child and as a teenager, I placed my hand on your heart and spoke to you words of comfort. Each and every moment of your life, I have been with you, 
even when you turned away from me and my son. At times when you were about to step into danger, I rescued you and you never knew it was me. I have rejoiced with you in your times of triumph and joy. And when you've been in pain, I've cried with you. I have come very close to you when you've prayed. I am your mother and I am proud of you and proud of your faith. Mary wraps her arm around you and speaks to you again. Pray with the heart and your thoughts will be on God. Do not forget that you are passing like a flower in a field, which is visible from afar, but disappears in a moment. Little child, leave a sign of goodness and love wherever you pass and God will bless you with an abundance of his blessing. Mary begins to pray for you, pouring her heart out to God on your behalf. Open yourself to receive the graces she is gaining from heaven for you now. She begins to speak to you again. Tell me, my dear child, all that troubles you, all that hurts you. I am here to help you. Give me your heart and I will protect it. And I will present your worries and needs to my son. Now tell her what hurts and what troubles you. Pour out your heart to the Blessed Mother. Mary begins to speak again. This time you sense a tone of urgency in her melodic voice. Live my messages, my child. Pray, pray the rosary. Receive the Eucharist frequently. Go to confession monthly. Read the Bible. Fast on bread and water on Wednesdays and Fridays. Do all that I tell you. Only in that way can I be with you. I will pray, but everything does not depend only on me. It depends also on your strength, your willingness to make sacrifices, and your commitment to prayer. 
The Blessed Mother now tells you that she must return to heaven. Tell her now any last words that you wish to, and listen with your heart to hear if there's anything else she wants to communicate to you. She may do this through a thought, a word, an image, or a feeling. Mary now turns her head towards you and looks earnestly in your eyes. As she holds your hand, she whispers into your ear, Know that I love you, my child, and I will never leave you. Then you see her slowly disappear, and you sense that she is pouring God's Spirit into yours. In your heart, you hear the words, Pray, my child, pray, and I will be with you until the end of time. Please remain in silence for a couple minutes. Ponder in your heart what just transpired between you and your mother in heaven, for she was truly with you. Now slowly bring your awareness into the room. I pray that the graces you just received from Mother Mary's prayers stay with you always. And may you always find comfort in the arms of Mother Mary who loves you so very, very much. God bless you. <laughs>